helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Murphy's Law states that whatever can go wrong will, usually at the worst time. Washington, D.C.'s law states, whatever we can screw up, we will, usually for the dumbest reason possible. Since suffering any real consequences for their actions is almost unheard of in D.C., we shouldn't be surprised that they're still at it. It seems like not a week goes by without some new story about violating the Constitution comes out of Washington, D.C. And if D.C. doesn't screw up, well, odds are some state actor will do their best to fill in. One would almost think that the lunatics are running the asylum. Oh, wait, they are. Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution Teach the rising generation to be free, and I'm glad you could join me today. I could use some help because I'm going to be diving into the asylum that is, well, we're going to start in D.C., although it seems to be to have spread quite a bit, uh, but we're going to start in there. And, and it's, it's a madhouse, right? It's crazy. You would think people would learn, but, well, then again, why would they learn? Let's face it, if you can commit crimes and, and not suffer any consequences, if you can, can lock up your, your political uh, arrivals and, and not suffer any ill harm, why would anybody think they would ever stop? It's like the proverbial kid in the candy store. Grab whatever you want. No one's ever going to tell you no. It's a classic. I love this one. So it's a, it's a new story. I found it on Gateway Pundit. But it's James O'Keefe again. I mean, is, is he like Clark Kent and Superman? It's like he walks with a pair of glasses on and nobody knows it's James O'Keefe. Um, and then, oh, pulls off his glasses and sell out. Ta-da! He's at it again. Uh, he apparently uh, had a tete-a-tete, a, a, an interview or something, with um, an IRS whistleblower. In fact, according to the report from the O'Keefe Media Group, um, the let's see, the an unwitting Internal Revenue Service whistleblower recently revealed to O'Keefe Media Group how the IRS uses artificial intelligence, technol- intelligence technology to spy on bank accounts of American companies and American citizens nationwide. In fact, this artificial intelligence technology is so useful to IRS's spying operation that in six months they were able to capture. Uh, yeah, capture half a billion dollars. Wow, okay. When asked if it was constitutional for the government to search Americans' bank records without a warrant, Alex Mina, an IRS official with the Criminal Investigations Unit in New York, told our undercover reporter, I doubt it, and laughed the question off. It's crazy, he added, while agreeing that this kind of spying with AI is invasive, Mina said, a lot of people are, like, not happy with it. Now, I, I want you to stop and think about this for just a second. The the Internal Revenue when I was a kid, there was a cartoon, and they used to refer to it as the Infernal Revenue Service. So the Infernal Revenue Service is spying. Now, some people I'm sure out there, well, that information they're searching is not private. It's bank records, and uh, I know the IRS, and I mean the, uh, the Supreme Court thinks, well, you know, you do business with a bank, none of that information is considered private. 
You see, but there's a problem. Again, the Fourth Amendment. It doesn't say your privacy will be protected. It says you'll be secured from unreasonable searches. So here you have a the IRS, a department of the federal agency, by the way, with a, a, a kind of a reputation for uh, going after people. Yeah, they go out and they search your bank records without a warrant. Seems rather unreasonable to me. And not only that, apparently this, uh, uh, this, this member of the IRS, this official with the IRS, realizes that what he's doing is probably illegal. He was asked, is this constitutional? He says, I doubt it. But they do it anyway. He says, a lot of people are not happy with it. I'm sure they're not. I'm one of them. But he doesn't, he's not worried about suffering any consequences. Why? Because he's one of the lunatics and they're running the asylum. And yeah, no one's, why should he worry about it? The, the, nothing's going to happen to him. Not if history is any guide whatsoever. I mean, just look at what Biden's doing now. Now, the Supreme Court has already opined that the president does not have the statutory authority to simply forgive, quote unquote, forgive student loans. All right, technically, he doesn't forgive the loans. What he really does is bribe the students by taking their loans and having them paid by the American taxpayer. Uh, but, you know, let's, let's actually pretend that we, we live in a real world. So he was told by the Supreme Court that so you don't have the authority to do that. Well, guess what? He's at it again. He now wants to take people who are enrolled in the Saving on a Valuable Education Plan, and if they have... 12,000 in student loans, they can get it wiped out. Guess what? He's already been told it's legally he can't do that, but he's on the he's he's out about touring. He says, Oh, we're going to take 1.2 billion dollars. Actually, no, we're not going to take 1.2 billion, we're going to borrow another 1.2 billion dollars that we don't have to bribe uh, uh, American students to vote for a decrepit old fool. And a system that's that's designed by Marxists, implemented as a centralized planning system, and has not worked one time in history. And these lunatics are running the asylum. Again, where does the first of all, the very fact that the the um that that the federal government bribed people by saying they would loan them money is itself a crime. There's nothing in the Constitution that grants uh, Congress or the United States the power to loan people money. Congress cannot collect taxes to issue as loans. They can collect taxes for three things. To pay the debts of the United States, provide for the common defense of the United States, or to the general welfare of the United States. Capital U, capital S, proper noun, the Union of States, the very same proper noun that the Tenth Amendment says, if we didn't say you could do it, you can't do it. But you see, the problem is we live in an insane asylum. There are millions of Americans that think there's some ink on parchment on display in Washington, D.C. that's going to stop these people. It don't work that way. It's not going to jump out of its case going, I'm Constitution Man, and start dope slavish throwing cuffs on these people. It doesn't work that way. So we have the, the IRS, again, once again, spying on the American people, 
once again violating the Constitution. And while they do so, the officials are, are laughing. Ah, ha, ha, yes, it's probably not constitutional. I doubt it's constitutional. We don't care. We never get uh, uh, held accountable for anything. Now we've got Joe Biden saying, hey, my numbers are still not great. They're tanking. I know what. I'll bribe people with the with the taxpayers' money. We'll borrow another one point two trillion. I'm sorry, billion dollars. And trillion dollars is coming later. We'll borrow another one point two billion dollars. We'll let the American taxpayer pay for it, and increase taxes, and increased inflation, and higher interest rates. Also, I can convince a bunch of uh, lunatics that I paid off their student loan for them. So they'll vote for me. By the way, it's not simply Joe Biden who's cognitively impaired. This has been going on for decades, where you have American presidents bribing their constituents, bribing the American people, because the American people think, oh, no, he gave me money. I'm going to vote for him. Except there's not one American in our almost 250-year history that has voted in a general election for President of the United States. Because, read the Constitution, Article 2. The states have presidential electors. The state appoints presidential electors in a manner determined by the legislature of the state. They're the ones that vote for president. But we've so made a mess out of this system, we've allowed the political party. So now, rather than being a, a traditional republic, we have more of a parliamentary system where the American people don't go and vote for individuals, at least not as far as the presidency, they vote for a political party. For the most part, they're voting for political parties in, in the uh, other races as well, which is more like a parliamentary system. And they think that's a good idea. Why do you think we're in such a mess as we're in? People don't know what the Constitution says. They don't know how to follow it. We've allowed crazy people who've yet to learn from history, who don't know what the who take an oath to support the Constitution, have no clue what it says, and we've put them in charge of this lunatic asylum. And then we wonder why things keep going from bad to worse. Well, for example, the uh, um, the Biden administration, uh, the EPA, is playing games with uh, fuel regulations again. Uh, again, not a surprise, right? See, there's a rule. It has to deal with this whole ethanol blending, which was basically just uh, uh, another bribe to the uh, uh, the corn growers, right? The ethanol subsidies. And um, there's a, a the, several governors, the, the Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin, want to change the, the time frame under which they can have this E15 fuel, right? So, uh, again, the government comes with all this convoluted nonsense about gas blends and times of year and, and complete nonsense. So now these states say, hey, you know what? We want to we wanna go to straight E15 year-round. Let's make life easy. Let's stop playing with these, you know, having to tool for different, for different blends. So, again, the EPA wants to change the blending system again. The, many oil refiners are warning 
there's a problem, right? There's logistics. You don't simply, you know, you think about it. You walk up to the 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 pump and you pick a grade, and voila, that's it. You don't think about what's involved in actually producing those different grades and those different blends of gasoline. It takes a lot of work. They're warning that the EPA's plan changes could spike gas prices again. Now, let me do a little bit of prognostication. Let's say EPA goes ahead and makes these changes. Right? They they want they 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 redo the blend and gas prices spike. And how many people are gonna be out there going, well, darn, you know, they the we were warned you keep messing around with the gas blends, there's gonna be a cost to it. Now what's really funny is we keep telling we need to use this E15 blend to uh uh uh, save the planet from climate change that isn't really ha- that that's happening very slowly and uh, is has very little to do with human input. It's not anthropomorphic. I'm sorry, anthropogenic. But we do it because we have the lunatics that believe in this climate change nonsense without any evidence, with with, with models that have been proved wrong for decades. But yet they're running the asylum, and guess who gets to pick up the tab? Whether it's the IRS spying, whether it's the the bribing uh, students with paying off their student loans, or bribing the lobbies with these different blends of gasoline, all to in, in some supposed attempt to to stop global climate change. They had to call it global climate change because they started they couldn't call it global warming anymore because everyone realized that was a farce, and they called it global warming because they realized when global cooling was a farce, which is when I was a kid, it was all global cooling. And these lunatics are running the asylum. Now, listen, we have a hiring season coming up. That's right. This November, we're going to hire every member of the House, a third of the members of the Senate. We're going to hire state governors, state legislators. We're going to be hiring a whole bunch of people. Are we just going to hire more lunatics? More people that are interested in, in playing political games than in actually, oh, I don't know, fulfilling their oath to support the Constitution. Doing the same old thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result. Which, I hope you remember, Einstein said was the definition of, definition of insanity. Yeah, we've let the lunatics run the asylum. And as long as we continue to allow the lunatics to run the asylum, we're going to get these crazy policies, these crazy ideas, and we're going to suffer the consequences. See, the problem is we keep being told that there is no other choice. We have to let the lunatics run the asylum. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We don't. Do I know that? I've actually read the Constitution. I've studied it. I know what I'm, what, what's, what's allowed and what's not allowed. And again, people tell me that, no, Paul, you, you, you don't know what you're talking about. I point, it says right here in the Constitution. Oh, well, yeah, how could you know? Well, gee, I'm an intelligent human being and I can read. I have an intelligence, at least that of an 18th century farmer, so I can understand this document. But we don't want that. Too many Americans don't want to live free. They want to be told how to live their lives. They want the bread and the circuses, and beyond that, you make all the decisions, government. We don't want to be bothered. Because of that, we hire crazy people that promise us everything, deliver nothing, and then we hire them again. 
How do I know that? Well, how can you tell when a politician is lying? Yeah, their lips are moving. Yet we keep, we keep hiring them as if they're actually doing a great job. What does that say about the American people? That we knowingly hire crooks, thieves, and lunatics to make decisions for us. Now, you know what isn't crazy? Doing something about that end-of-day slump. You know, you get to the end of the day and just kind of, you're fuzzy and you can't concentrate. And you can't. Uh, people try caffeine, they'll try coffee, they'll try sodas, they'll try those energy drinks, which are mostly caffeine and sugar. And, hey, sometimes they work, they get you hyped up, but then you crash. I've got something better. Healthy Cell has a product called Focus and Recall. It helps boost your short-term focus and your long-term brain power using nothing but vitamins. That's right, vitamins. You don't get the buzz, but you don't get the crash. All you get is a clear mind and the ability to get stuff done. Now, because you are an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off of your first order of Focus and Recall or anything from Healthy Cell. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. So please, check out Healthy Cell. they got a lot of great products, but be sure to find the details of how to save 25% off your first order by going to americaoutloud.shop. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Out loud. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works.
welcome back everyday Americans if you join the Constitution study today. <laughs> well, the lunatics are running the asylum. Doesn't that make you feel good? We talked about the uh, the whole thing with the IRS spying and and uh, we looked at um, uh, Biden and this uh, constant attempt to uh, bribe students for their votes by offering to pay off their their uh, their debts. Um, in violation of the Constitution, in violation, uh, even even contrary to the Supreme Court. Yeah, he's going to go and do that anyway. Um, and then, of course, you have the whole, hey, let's play games with the, the gas blend that we put in place supposedly to uh, uh, protect our environment. But we'll play with it in order to um, improve our chances come November in the in the polls. At least that's what it appears to be. Doesn't it sound like the lunatics are running the asylum? Uh, take a look at this one. Now, I was told many, many years ago as a young man that uh, one of the ways you can tell what someone finds them is important is look at the checkbook. You know, so we may say we find certain things important, but, uh, you know, if you've got huge credit card bills and you still pay for for lavish vacations or expensive golf club memberships and you say that, uh, you know, balancing a budget is really important, I have to question that. You see, there's there's what you say and there's what you do. And if the do includes spending money, well, then that'll tell you a lot about what you find important, which brings this interesting position into uh, intellect. It's not a perfect example, but consider this. Between February of 22 and December of 23, Congress has appropriated uh, roughly, what was it, uh, $37.8 billion to protect the border. We'll, we'll round up. We'll call it $38 billion. They also appropriated $113.5 billion for Ukraine. Now, is that this positive? No, maybe the costs of guarding the border aren't as expensive as, as helping Ukraine guard its borders. But let's look. You, know, you put that in context of a, a, a government, an administration that uh, would not approve border funding unless they had funding for Ukraine, that has held up multiple spending bills because it didn't include the money for Ukraine that they wanted, seems to me that this administration places a lot of priority on Ukraine and specifically protecting Ukraine's borders apparently more than they're worried about protecting our own borders because they've done, not only have they not done things to protect our borders, they've actually actively dis, uh, uh, tried to dismantle our borders, make them porous and of no value. Now, uh, is this the lunatics running the asylum? Well, yes and no. See, it's not a question of the, the, the people in, in the administration are crazy is that they have an agenda with a different priority. And I want to I want to make that statement because I want you to think about this. It's not that they're crazy. It's not that they're stupid. It's that they have an agenda that is different. Now, what would could what could their agenda possibly be? Well, I talked about this the other day. We were talking about um the census and how the census has uh um you know, they, 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 it counts people, not citizens. 
when Donald Trump tried to find out how many of the people were citizens, well, people went absolutely bananas. Because of that, the census is used to apportion representation in Congress. And there was a study, I I talked about the other day, where uh, they estimated between 26 and 40 uh, seats in the House of Representatives would be in different states if we didn't count the people here illegally. So part of the agenda is, hey, more illegal aliens going to these uh, uh, democratically controlled states and cities because they're the ones offering the sanctuary and the goodies means that, does that mean that, that those states now have more influence in the House? Now, think about this. Now, I'm not making accusations, but I want you to consider back when they were negotiating the Constitution, um, one of the things that, again, this is often misrepresented by those with their own agenda, but we ended up with the, what's called the three-fifths clause. So the, uh, the three-fifths clause comes from Article 1, Section 2, and it deals with representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding the whole number of free persons, including those bound to a service for a term of years, and excluding Indians not taxed, three-fifths of all other persons. Now, I've had a lot of people. I just had it the other day. I was on a conference call. And they were claiming that uh, uh, the founders thought of black people as three-fifths of a person. It says no such thing. But the story behind this is interesting, and I think this is where it, it'll link in. See, while they were negotiating the, the, uh, the language of the Constitution, you had slave states and you had abolitionist states, states that didn't want slavery. Now, the slave states wanted to count their slaves towards representation in Congress because it would give them more power. But of course, those slaves had no representation. They, didn't, they, they couldn't be represented. Um, they didn't have a vote. They didn't have a choice. But the slave states wanted um, more people. They wanted more numbers. Now, the, the uh, anti-slave states, they didn't like this idea because it, it decreased their representation in the House. And I, 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 I heard at one point the, the argument was the, um, the anti-slave states said, listen, slave states, you treat your slaves as cattle and you want to count them. If you do that, we're going to count our cattle. And that's what made me think of this. So if this assumption is correct, and again, I'm, I'm dealing with assumptions, that the reason there are those who, uh, especially among the Democratic Party, the leadership of the Democratic Party, that want more illegal aliens in is because they give them additional representation in the House. Is that really much different than the slave-holding states that wanted to count their slaves so that they would have additional representation in the House? And again, since these people are here illegally, since they have to work outside the law, they don't they're always complaining they don't get the full protection of the laws well because they broke the law but that just i don't know that that caught my attention as i was reading this saying maybe there's a reason why the administration is more interested in protecting and and by the way not simply the administration there are many in congress on both sides 
that are much more interested in protecting Ukraine and Ukraine's borders than they are protecting our borders and providing social services and benefits to Ukrainians while denying them to our own homeless, our, our veterans, and our own, uh, uh, our own neighborhoods. See, it's not that they miss it. Their agenda is different. And I think once we recognize that, some of this stuff may make a little bit more sense. Okay, let me shift gears a little bit. Uh, the Nashville-based uh, Beacon Center of Tennessee, hey, my home state, I'm very happy, they've recently filed a lawsuit on behalf of a couple journalists. Again, I'm coming back, this will come back to the lunatic journey in the asylum. You see, the, the, the Department of Labor the other month uh, recently uh, issued a quote-unquote rule um, that changes the test for whether or not someone is an em- is considered an employee or an independent contractor under the Fair Labor Standards Act. Now, I bring into question the constitutionality of the Fair Labor Standards Act to begin with, but let's focus on this suit. Uh, it's, the point, of, as I understand, is fairly simple. So the Fair Labor Standards Act said, there are these two tests and uh, to determine whether you're an employee or an independent contractor. Again, this is important. It has to do with, with taxes and benefits and all sorts of things. So uh, if you, you know, and, and if memory serves, I, I didn't see it in the court case, but uh, it's fairly simple. If you work it only, if you work only for one entity and uh, you get paid by only one entity, you're considered an employee under the Fair Labor Standards Act, as opposed to if you work for multiple individuals doing the similar job, then you're considered a contractor. And then the uh, Department of Labor comes in with all these convoluted things, such as uh, uh, you know, I don't know, travel, whatnot. But what's interesting is, see, whether you are an employee or an independent contractor no longer is not a question of the person doing the work. In other words, do you want to do this job as a freelancer, as an independent contractor? Maybe you want to. Maybe you don't want to deal with the, the bureaucracy of, of, of being an employee. The federal government says no. They get to decide whether or not you're an employee. All under the auspices, well, you know, you're just being taken advantage of because you're obviously too stupid to know the difference. But let's get to the the lunatics part of it. Because California tried this. Yes, California tried. They were the first to try this, and it was a disaster. Uh, I forget the gentleman's name. There was a truck driver who was getting fairly well-known for his demonstrations against this. It drove him out of California. He had to move his business out of California because as a truck driver, well, he's basically an independent contractor, but under their rules, he was they, they wanted to treat him as an employee. Crazy. And then, of course, you have Hollyweird, right? Where you think of how many people run in the quote-unquote gig economy. The, the What we now call the gig economy has been Hollywood for decades. You know, people who come in and, and you work on this movie and, and that show and this show as an they got rid of all that. They want you to be an employee. And people lost their jobs because the cost of an employee is greater, can, can easily be greater than the cost of an independent contractor. I remember decades ago when I was uh, early in my career in IT, um, my boss uh, uh, came up to me and uh, 
uh, we were talking raises and whatnot, and he showed me what it costs, what I get paid versus what it costs him to employ me. And again, taxes, insurance, um, uh, other benefits, uh, was unemployment, uh, workers' compensation, all that stuff. It cost him two and a half times what I took home and pay to employ me. There's a cost. So let's say, we'll look at California. California's trying this experiment. It's gone pretty poorly. Forget the, all the DoorDash and, the, and the, the Lyft and Uber people. Forget all of them. I mean, actually, we shouldn't forget all of them. They were hard, uh, impacted by this greatly as well. So we look at California saying, hmm, yeah, this idea of trying to make everybody employee doesn't seem to work out too well for the employees. Doesn't work out for the companies. Doesn't work out for the customers. I know. Let's do it nationwide. That's what the Department of Labor has done. And in this case, uh, I'll put a link to the to the complaint in the in the show notes. Um, you have two journalists who said we like working freelance. We want to work freelance. It should be our decision whether or not we are freelance or an employee. And uh, when the Department of Labor changed the rules, well, they didn't follow their own rules when they changed the rules. So I'll keep an eye on this case. Um, it's going to be another one of maybe they get the right answer, maybe not, but they're certainly not dealing with the basic fundamental problem. Where in the Constitution is the United States given the authority to regulate labor? The answer is nowhere. Nowhere. And it's funny, I got a, a question the other day asking me about, um, uh, you know, well, how did we get here? I said, well, the answer is simple. You want a small government? I want a small government. The problem is we don't act like we want a small government. We say we want small government, but every time we hire people to represent us, we don't hire the ones that are actually pushing for small government. Usually we're hiring the ones that are using the government to give us what we want. That's, why, that's how we end up with the large government, which is why I say, when it comes to the lunatics running the asylum, I'm not simply talking about the people in D.C. I'm not simply talking about the people in your state house. If you don't like taxes, but you refuse to vote tax, uh, you refuse to vote to cut spending, that's the lunatics running the asylum. If you claim to want smaller government, but you keep voting for people who promise to give you more, that's the lunatics running the asylum. And that's where we are. Sure, there are plenty of lunatics in, in, in D.C., and in Sacramento, and Albany, and Nashville, and on and on and on. But too often, the lunatics are not the ones, not only the ones in elected office. It's not only the bureaucrats. It's we the people who keep hiring, you keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. That, 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 was, uh, that was Einstein's definition of insanity. And if we're living as insane people, then we are the lunatics. And if we're the ones running this asylum, well, then we're some of the lunatics running the asylum. And as unpleasant and uncomfortable a thought as that may be, 
until we know what the truth is, we will never be free. As Jesus said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We won't be free until we know the truth, and we won't know the truth until we admit our own part in it, our own part in the problems we are dealing with and the complaints we have. Now, I have to to take another break. Before I go, though, you know, I head over to americaoutloud.news every day. I have a whole list of places I get news from, and AmericaOutLoud.news is one of them because it's a great place to get news and information. Some of them I share here, some I share other places. This information, this knowledge is useful, but it does not become powerful until we do something with it. So I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, I'm going to ask you to go to AmericaOutLoud.news. Do it every day. Gather the knowledge, gather the information. But then I'm going to ask you to do the next step, your next part. Share it. Take the articles, the podcasts, the videos, the stories. Take them and share them. Friends, family, social media, it doesn't matter. It is the act of sharing that brings power to the knowledge so that we can all secure the blessings of liberty. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news, a place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company discussed the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Often, there are no symptoms— But left unattended, we become inundated with one health problem after another. It's time to fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar that you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Developed by world-renowned scientists and backed by 15 years of research, Heal Right is effective, but it's also delicious and works without additional diet or lifestyle changes. Step out of the statistics and use food as medicine 
Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OutLoud for 20% off. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. Today, we're looking at the lunatics running the asylum, and sadly, it includes looking in the mirror. Not all of it, though. There's there's several things you have to look at, and, and I want you to consider this. Um, unions. Listen, I, I have no problems with unions inherently. But when the state plays, when the state meddles in the relationship between the uh, the employee and the employer, and when the state places its thumb on the scale of said uh, um, of said uh, relationship, we shouldn't be surprised when stupid things happen. So there's a a teacher's assistant in Ohio. She works with special needs students. And um, she's now suing the school district and her former union because she claims they withheld dues from her paycheck without being, without authorization. See, even after she left the union and placed a formal request to cease taking her money, they kept taking her money. Now, this is where I believe the insanity comes in. It, listen, if you want to join a union, be my guest. I have no problem with people joining unions. You want to pay the dues, be my guest. It's the who's collecting the dues that I, I start to wonder what's going on. Again, if you want to pay your dues, pay your dues. You pay your electric bill, you pay your, your, your house payment, or you pay your rent. If you want to pay the dues, pay the dues. By the way, I have that, the exact same opinion about taxes, income taxes. If we pay the inco- want to pay the income taxes, then we should write a check. But that's a whole other question. But governments have said, oh, by the way, yeah, tell you what we'll do. We'll make the employers collect the dues for you just to make your life easier. It's the same thing they did with withholding income taxes. See, if you don't see it, you don't think about it, it doesn't register. And of course, apparently what happened is this teacher's assistant was not happy with the union. Um, She left the union, but the school and the union kept withholding dues from her. Um, I think that's called theft. I want to keep an eye on this because to me, this is the, the, uh, the lunacy of we, we try to make things simple. We never think of the consequences of doing so. The, the consequences of let everybody and their uncle take money out of your checking account to pay for things because it's too hard to write a check. Or even in, in, in some cases to tell the, the, the bank to pay. That's the way I do things, by the way. You know, I, don't, I don't have people coming in and taking money out of the account. I pay them from the account. But it's the, the lunacy of, yeah, here, go ahead. You go take care of it. And then being surprised that at some point along the line, some, and I'm not even saying that the, the district and the union were malicious. It could have just been a process error. Somebody didn't follow the paperwork properly. Somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. But it's the the mindset of, um, I'm going to trust these people simply because. I, I, I'm sorry, trust needs to be to be earned. 
Now let's take a look at somewhere else. Let's go head over to, we went, we're in Ohio. Let's go to Illinois. Um, there's a bill in Illinois. Uh, it's House Bill 4876. It was actually introduced uh, early in February. And uh, it, it it's supposed to do things like um, shield doctors from liability if they uh, uh, if they prescribed certain treatments to minors without parental consent. Yeah, that's what I said. In other words, if a doctor, uh, you know, again, when I was a kid, you know, in school or whatever, if if in order to get an aspirin, I had to have a per parents parents consent. If I was going on a field trip, I needed parents' consent. If if I needed a doctor, with unless my life was in danger, they, the 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 school or others needed parental consent. But now we're saying, oh, you know what? There are certain treatments, like oh, puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, uh, transgender surgeries, uh, abortions. You notice a pattern here. And if a doctor treats a minor. Who, who cannot consent. By definition, legal definition, a minor is one who is too young to be able to consent. Well, the, the Illinois wants to say, okay, you can't sue the doctor for uh, uh, assaulting your child because, um, well, we decided that the they should be able to do that without your permission. But wait, there's more. You see, this bill also empowers the Illinois Department of Child and Family Services to step in if they and, and if they deem it necessary to actually remove the children from the parents if the based on a new definition of abuse, which includes um, not mutilating your child for uh, 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 because you don't believe that that a boy's a little girl. They, 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 as I understand it, and I haven't gone through the, I haven't gone through with a fine tooth comb, but they want to redefine, uh, um, they want to redefine preventing a child from getting an abortion or, or transgender surgeries and hormones as child abuse. Just think about that for a second. Think about the idea of a child, a minor, someone who is unable to make decisions to consent. To procedures is now child abuse if you don't allow them to harm their bodies. We're talking about the, the, these these hormones, these puberty blockers. There's still little evidence that, that they are uh, um, coming out that they do have long term impacts. Uh, some of them have been known to chemically sterilize children, or the chemically sterilize. Some of them are actually used to sterilize. Uh, uh, sexual predators, and you want to teach, give that to a minor. Obviously, surgeries would. Um, abortions have potentially long-term medical consequences, and protecting a child from that insanity is now. And they they want Illinois wants to treat that as child abuse. Yeah, the lunatics are definitely running the asylum in Illinois. And uh, as I as I as I look at what's going on, all I can think of is, you know, uh good is now evil, evil is now good, and we the American people are dancing merrily along as this insanity 
comes rolling for us. We didn't start here. This idea of a the idea of a bill to make it to to define child abuse as preventing physical harm to a child, at least for a certain. And again, if it involves sex, that's just this is all about sex and perversion. That idea was inconceivable just just a few years ago, maybe a decade ago. And now you've got a state passing this law. And I've got people, uh, one of the, the, the conference calls I'm on regularly is, is hosted out of Illinois. I feel for them. I mean, the, the, they, they truly are living in an asylum run by lunatics. All right, I got one more that I want to bring you, and I'm, I'm probably going to piss some people off. Fair warning. So uh, we're, we're Florida Governor DeSantis, right? A lot of people love Governor DeSantis. I think he's done a pretty good job as governor. Uh, he announced, um, he was, I guess it's the U.S. Term Limits Organization. Um, he wants a, a constitutional amendment for term limits for Congress. Uh, he, I guess he posted on Twitter. He said uh, that, that uh, we, we will never turn our country around if we don't change the incentives in D.C., now a lot of I know a lot of people get terms, and I get a lot of people mad at me when I say term limits don't work. Term limits are actually um, they're antithetical to the Constitution, and they are antithetical to liberty. See, most people when they think about term limits, they think you've been in that job too long, you have to go. Rather than looking and saying, "Well, wait a second." You're telling me that I'm going to tell an entire group of people you cannot vote for that person because I don't like how long they've been there. It reminds me of a T-shirt. I saw this T-shirt. I wish I, I you know, I'm, if I sold T-shirts, I still sell some T-shirts, but I wish I could, you know, then that it was a beautiful design. It it had a picture of the Constitution. It said, "It doesn't need to be rewritten. It needs to be reread." Now there is in the Constitution there are no term limits for Congress. Because the idea was, well, I guess the framers thought the people would be smart enough to say, if you're not doing the job, it's time for you to leave. Now, you have a chance to remove everybody, every time, they, every member of Congress, every, two, every member of the House, every two years, and every member of the Senate, every six years. It's called voting for someone else. But you see, what you have is, you have... Um, People who don't like what other people are doing and want to tell them how to do things. Now listen, I, I, I look at, say, uh, uh, a Mitch McConnell or, or someone and say, why do you keep voting for this guy? I have no idea. But you see, Mitch McConnell's not my senator. He's the senator of the people of Kentucky. He's their senator. Now, if they want a, a what what appears to be a, a another doddering old fool to to represent them for another six years, isn't that their right? But Paul, that has an impact. That again, that only has an impact because we treat him as if as if he's royalty because he's been around so long. Read the Constitution. If we actually followed the Constitution. And we looked at the uh, uh, 
at the crimes being committed by members of Congress, the uh, the insider trading, uh, the manipulation of the system, the 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 uh, uh, playing with the stock market. And we said, listen, if you're gonna if if you're gonna be that crooked and corrupt, you are not qualified to represent us. We'll find somebody else. You see, the problem isn't term limits. The problem is we put party above the Constitution. We put fidelity to the party above fidelity to the Constitution. We keep vote. They a lot of people, I believe keep voting for Mitch McConnell because he's a Republican. Not because they believe in what he's done, but because he's a donkey, he's an elephant. The problem isn't that. So let's say we put in term limits. What have we done? Have we fixed the problem? No. Because all they're going to do is take one party apparatchik and replace them with another party apparatchik. We're going to take the system of... of uh, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, patronage. And we're going to turn it up to 11. Listen, John, we know that, that uh, you, know, you want something, but you sit and be a good boy. You show up, you do your two terms as, uh, as a member of the House, then they'll, we'll term limit out, you know, they'll term limit out the, a senator so you can take the senator's position. And then when you term limit out the senator, we'll find something else for you to do. But we'll do it because you're a good party apparatchik. One of the things I, with, with Mr. Sands, I wholeheartedly disagree with. Because look, look what happens when you have, say, a, um, a good congressman. And they're around for decade after decade. But if they're doing a constitutionally sound job, why should I say you should be fired because even though you're good at your job? So I can hire somebody else that isn't. This is the lunacy. And the problem is, there's a lot of Americans who think the problem is not who we place in office, but how long they are there. How, the, the reason people in Congress for decades is a problem is not because they're there for decades. It's because you put corrupt people in that office to begin with. How can I, how can I prove that? How can you tell when a politician is lying? And everyone out there said their lips are moving or something like that. Yet you hired them. You hired a liar, a cheat, and a thief. And then you're surprised when they act like liars, cheats, and thieves. So it's we lunatics that are, that are running the asylum and turning it into a truly crazy place to live. No, we don't need term limits. What we need are better educated electorate people who understand the Constitution better, people who look at these public servants as servants, not as masters, not as leaders, not as rulers, not as bosses, as employees. And until we change that, playing musical chairs on the Titanic isn't going to make a diddly squat's worth of difference because it's the people we put in those positions, not not the positions, not how long they're there. It's the people we put in those positions that are corrupt. And until we excise that cancer, we're going to have a corrupt government.
Now, if that if if you're still listening, if I haven't made you too mad at me, I hope you'll come back and listen to the Constitution study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. Now, all the episodes go to podcast, generally a day or two after the herd on Talk Radio. So please go to your favorite podcast app and find the Constitution study. But do me a favor, don't just don't just find it. Subscribe to the show. Maybe finding an episode and leaving leave a rating, a review. See, that all helps other people find the Constitution study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But just as with the news stories, it's important that you share the links. The links, the news, the articles, the, the podcast, all of this is information we can use. But it is the sharing of these links, the sharing of these podcasts and episodes, the sharing of this information that does more than simply share the Constitution study. It helps share the blessings of liberty as the seeds of freedom and liberty throughout this great country. So join me in spreading that seed by sharing these links and these articles and these episodes and sharing the blessings of liberty. <laughs> 